We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Napa A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Today, Bridget Griffin shared a video of her daily yoga routine, two self-help articles, and her new blog called Build Your Inner Bridge with Bridge. Girl, your sharing has turned into oversharing. No worries, Bridge. Geico has some info worth sharing with your seven blog followers, like how you could save money on your car insurance, update your policy, and report a claim just by visiting geico.com. How's that for building your inner bridge? Bridge, Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com. 
The leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It is Thursday, September 3rd. I'm Clay Link, joined today by Jake Latarski. You can follow on Twitter at jakeski52. I'm at Clay W. Link. Jake, we're what? what is it exactly one week away, right? Start yeah, of the season? one week from Amazing. the start of the regular season. Uh, just about five drafts this weekend, really turning it up in that department. And also I've had a few so far, so starting yeah. to get a real good gauge of uh, how my rankings correlate to strategy and uh, have some pretty good teams so far, so I'm pretty pleased about that. Yeah, I'm really liking some of the teams I've put together so far. We had the... Uh, you know, XM draft recently, and just some of these those my fantasy league drafts. Really liking, you know, I need to do an audit, kind of look at all the players I've gotten across the board. But really liking uh, how things are shaping up right now. But my big money drafts, the big hitter is coming this weekend. Uh, pretty excited about that. We got some big news to get to. Also going to be looking at you know who we think is is this year's Toby Gerhardt, a guy going in the top. Uh, 55, 60 ADPs who has no business being there and, uh, you know, may fall well outside the top 200 when it's all said and done. But starting with the huge news coming down today, and that's that Tom Brady's suspension was nullified. He's going to be ready to go week one against Pitt. I did see that, you know, the NFL's appealing the ruling. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I guess they're not completely in the clear. But Yeah, you you expected that, though. I mean, NFL was so adamant about this and Goodell that they were going to make the suspension happen and make an example out of Brady or make him the scapegoat or whatever. But So you knew that once it went in Brady's favor, which was actually quite a surprising decision. I didn't really expect it to get fully reduced like that. Maybe down to two games, best-case scenario, is what I was looking for. Regardless, I'd been staying away from Brady in drafts, but I had seen him go in rounds 10, 11, 12 this year, which is a tremendous value, and... If you're listening now and have a draft coming up here pretty soon, maybe you got a leg up on the competition by reading that. I guess uh, who knows? We'll see there. But, of course, the NFL needs to save face here and at least try to appeal and, and try to turn back on it. But as of right now, as of Thursday afternoon on September 3rd, uh, Tom Brady will be suiting up week one against the Steelers, and that's going to just do huge things for the ratings of that game on NBC compared to oh, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, that's going to be a big game. and. You know, Brady going outside the top 100, I thought it was pretty crazy just because I felt, felt there was this possibility that this could happen. I thought it was, you know, less than 50-50, but I know others had, had thrown it out there as, you know, a possibility. Uh, with, with him now back and, you know, not facing that, that ban, how high exactly does he jump in, in these rankings for you? I mean, looking at, you know, where we have guys like Breeze, Matt Ryan, and others – I think you can make a strong case that uh, Brady should be within you know the top 60. Yeah, you can absolutely make that case. At the very least, I did sneak him back into my top 10 in terms of quarterbacks. Once the news happened, I went ahead and edited. We do the Rotowire Composite Expert rankings for uh, NFL and a PPR league. Those are up on the site, of course, rotowire.com slash free to check that out. But myself and uh, four or five other NFL experts, we all do our top 200, and then the computer takes a composite ranking of the entire list, and, and we generate that. But anyway, so when news happens, I go and update that right away, and uh, I made sure to immediately bump them ahead of guys like uh, Matt Stafford, Philip Rivers, and Ryan Tannehill. Um, and that's about where I cut it off. I left it there. So, I mean, top ten, maybe eight to ten, but I didn't, I didn't make him like a top five quarterback yet. I don't, I'm not mm-hmm. quite sure that he's there uh, in terms of that. So he's up, and his ADP needs to be up. Will I be owning him in a lot of places? I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's not that I'm down on Tom Brady like I am on on guys like Breeze and and Manning this year, uh, but I think people are going to overreact to this news a little bit and maybe reach because I don't, I don't quite think he's a top sixty player just yet. You know, he was 
pretty bad, especially from from a fantasy standpoint over the first you know two months really of last season. But from week eight on, he was outstanding, and so I'm I'm kind of buying in, uh, even though there is still kind of that uncertainty as to you know with the NFL mm-hmm. appealing and whatnot. But looking at you know we've already adjusted the you know the rankings on our site for standard leagues and Brady the the fifth QB now right behind Breeze and uh Russell Wilson and only four spots on the overall rankings behind Breeze uh, but you think that may be just a little too aggressive in my opinion it's a little bit aggressive again uh you know I look at my own rankings and he's down there but behind some of those guys like that so yeah perhaps a little bit aggressive there but I mean let's see what can you take from this news obviously a bump in value and you mentioned the kind of night and day of first and second half last year Clay I'm glad you did that because I think it took a while for a healthy Gronkowski to be fully in the mix and ready to go and he really turned it on big time in the second half last year so that turned out to be huge for the Patriots and Tom Brady's production and who knows if Rob Gronkowski puts together a full 16 game season or 15 game season I guess uh, if you you throw the bye week in there uh, if he does that then Brady could very well be a top five or six quarterback. It's definitely a possibility there that I'm not turning away from. I mean, the guy's got the pedigree when he has weapons. He's he's obviously very skilled and worthy of that kind of fantasy consideration. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I've got Brady in the top in my top 200 right now. Um, actually, he checks in at about 73rd overall, so just behind Manning. Um, and, and and yeah, so I think uh, in the top 75, maybe going top 50 is a little too aggressive. That's probably where I stand on that. Yeah, I think I think I'd agree with you, but I think I'd probably lean closer to the 50s than the 70s just because I do think Brady uh you know, full season with a healthy Gronk and uh just the way he's looked probably also has a chip on his shoulder. I mean, that's kind of cliché, but I I do think he's going to be uh kind of gunning to really stick it down the NFL and Roger Goodell's throats for all the, you know, dragging them through the mud throughout the offseason. But does this do anything for you in, in terms of the Patriots' wide receivers? Does this bump Julian Edelman, uh, Brandon LaFell, maybe a guy like Reggie Wayne up, up your charts? Uh, for me, not a whole lot, just because it was only going to be four games anyway. So the projections, that's maybe one or two less targets, I guess, per game over that span. So not a whole lot. Uh, maybe Edelman, just a tad in PPR formats. Of course, he's one of those players whose value drastically differs between regular and PPR. So maybe Edelman a little bit just because of that comfort level. But Gronk's going to get his targets. I mean, LaFell, when he's ready to go, he's going to get his too. And, and Reggie Wayne, still kind of curious to see how he turns out there. He could either be, you know, completely posting, ze- not zeros, but bottom barrel, or he could break out big time, almost Randy Moss style. Getting mm-hmm. up there in age, so I guess we'll see. But, uh, but a solid quarterback should do him uh, well. He's, he's one of those players that's always played with a pretty good quarterback, going from Manning the Luck to Brady. So I think he'll be in, in, in decent shape. Still not enough to take him in a 12-team format just yet, though. Yeah, for me, I think LaFell is, is interesting just because the price seems to be so low for a guy who's probably going to be you know the number two wide receiving option on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's kind of fallen flat in recent years. You know, people taking a chance on him in fantasy, not really paying off. But I think, like, I feel this year, I mean, Edelman's still going to get his and Gronk. Uh, but I, I feel like LaFell may see more opportunities, more balls thrown his way. Somebody I'm looking at just given the ADP. Don't, not don't love the player, but I feel like the price is there to where you can profit to a significant extent. But Greg Hardy, his suspension now taking the NFL to court to see if he can get his reduced. Uh, you know what kind of precedent does the Brady ruling set? You know for looking at Hardy's uh, chances of beating beating his suspension. 
Yeah, I mean, well, Greg Hardy, if well-documented domestic violence disputes, that case was settled, but the NFL kind of went with the four-game suspension anyway. I believe it was personal conduct policy, wanting to send a message there of how you can't really have your name involved in in these sort of issues, of course. And now Hardy's like, well, if Brady can take it to court and do it, I might as well. I mean, I'm afraid that we're going to see a lot more players trying to do this, especially with personal conduct policy violations or arbitrary stuff like this, because if one player can do it, who knows, that possibly opens the door for other players to do it. We're going to see a lot of other people try, but I don't know if Hardy has the, the legal team and the resources, the notoriety. Obviously, it's very different what they were suspended for in the first place. So mm-hmm. I just, uh, I, I don't know how successful he'll be, but I mean, it could, if he is successful, not a whole lot of time to, uh, to get an overturn on that, but if he is successful, that could get the Cowboys defense a little bit of a boost, especially in the pass rush department early on in the season. Yeah, the nature of his uh, offense definitely uh, a lot worse, but might as well you know take advantage of what you can. The NFL's down right now. Uh, you know they've had a lot of a lot of egg on their face from you know not only Brady but Ray Rice last year mm-hmm. uh just their their disciplinary actions are just yeah. I mean they're taking a lot of flag mm-hmm. for it and you might as well see what you can pull you know if you're Greg Hardy uh to try to you know follow on the coattails and, and try to get something reduced here yeah I'm also curious about guys suspended for this entire year I don't know if Justin Blackman's NFL career is ever going to be ever going to be existing again or guys like Josh Gordon who's suspended the entire season because he had a drink of alcohol on the plane ride back after his last game with Josh Gordon. So, like, those 16-game suspensions, like, I don't know if they have the advisors that are going to push them to do this, but might as well give it a shot in federal court because these are the prime, the only prime earnings uh, years of your career, at least in terms of football. So maybe give it a shot. But, of course, this is just kind of us spitballing and, and thinking of what could happen no official source is really documenting that type of deal but it's interesting to see if more players will follow suit and try this michael floyd of the cardinals he's back pitch, catching passes again he's got those uh, i think dislocated fingers or yeah, something like that dislocated or broke it's yeah. tough i haven't really seen a straight answer on that still not practicing yet but you know i know we talked about floyd a couple weeks ago and you're not a huge believer i do think you know i'm a believer in the talent i think he's a very talented guy but uh when you were updating your ppr rankings jake did you adjust floyd at all in light of this news this actually didn't change my floyd ranking and believe it or not uh listeners here i've got floyd in my top 100 i'm not that down on him i i know a lot of people are going to have that recency bias after last year not really being very productive but of course that all comes back to the Cardinals quarterback situation last year, which was pretty dreadful. Now, assuming they get Carson Palmer healthy for a full season, which uh, as of week one, his health seems to be holding up. I think that'll make a huge difference on Floyd's production and he could very well. I I know we were, we jumped the gun on him quite a bit last year, making him a top 50 player. I wasn't quite ready to put him there, but there's a lot of drafts. I did pass over him in the Fox sports league a couple times that I did a few nights back, but there are some drafts where there's value to be had there because yeah. people either that recency bias I mentioned or just not knowing too much about the name or the talent or whatnot, I think you can get some value with him later on, maybe as a wide receiver three potentially or or, or, or low-end flex, but not a bad bench stash option because if he starts to produce, which it's possible, it's also possible he busts, of course, but if he starts to really produce under Carson Palmer, he's someone that could eventually earn a, a wide receiver two status. You know, I think he's interesting. I think he's like a top 70-ish type of player, but uh, I've just seen him fall pretty much in every single draft I've done to this point, just fall again and again. And, you know, I'm using the, the Rotowire Draft Kit app, 
following along with that app and you know he's like the 53rd player in PPR rankings or something like that and mm-hmm. uh just keeps falling and falling and falling and you know you really do have to weigh weigh versus ADP because you know his his price in terms of ADP is falling and you know probably even more so than uh you know you look at the ADP data but you probably get him even later than that mm-hmm. realistically and i think uh, you know, maybe if you get, especially in like best ball formats, I think he's a good bet because he's uh, going to have a couple big games, I think, regardless, even if he's not consistent week to week. But that's really what you want in, in typical leagues is that consistency week in and week out. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's really going to give you that. Yeah, that'll be tougher to get with him. I just checked. I had Floyd sitting at 74, so maybe not quite on the edge of the top 50, but I'm trying to think of, of where I would actually draft him when I'm doing these rankings, mm-hmm. and I think that sits about right for me. And there's a good chance he'll be available, so there's no doubt I'll end up owning him in a few formats. Yeah, he'd probably be available even around later, at least the, from the drafts that I've done. I've seen him go way, way late, but we'll move on here. According to the San Diego Union-Tribune, Melvin Gordon will be the Chargers starting running back this season, uh, but he's not expected to shoulder the burden alone. Uh this is really just expected, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of obvious stuff here. Of course, issues of pass protection, also not a, a great pass catcher. Danny Woodhead there, of course, great third down back. So mm-hmm. does this news, or if you can even call it that, affect Gordon at all in your eyes? Well, it was worth making note of because of the report that came out this morning. But at the same time, this is, like you said, pretty much what we were expecting. So this doesn't change my outlook for Gordon a little bit I know when we did players we won't be drafting uh, this past season or, or I guess a week back we uh you know I highlighted Melvin Gordon as one of those players just because I'm not because I'm down on his talent or even the situation a whole lot really but I just I think that going 12 13th overall among running backs like turning into a late second early third round pick is just too much of a reach for someone as unproven as as he is Mm -hmm. in the league and if he's going to give up third downs and he's got quality backs like Danny Woodhead Brandon Oliver and Donald Brown behind him all those guys uh I mean that's one of the deeper backfields in the league when you think of uh distance between one and four so the depth behind him worries me a little bit and there's certainly places where I'd take him uh maybe if he got to the fourth fourth round but I just don't see him going to the fourth round in many of my drafts Mm -hmm. hence pretty much staying away here you know I'm I was kind of coming around to Gordon, but now it's it's just getting to the point where, you know, he hasn't looked particularly good. And I I also worry that he's going to have like a a really short leash. You know, if he has a bad game or two, maybe they they reduce his carries, get some of those other guys involved, and maybe it uh, becomes a a committee of sorts, which is already what it's kind of sounding like. Yeah, and a committee, of course, is like uh, dropping the F-bomb in a fantasy league. It's pretty much the worst thing you can hear when you own one of those backs. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. But is you know, I feel like with a guy like Jeremy Hill, we don't really think about the fact that is is he going to be a two down back too? Like, I mean, he Giovanni Bernard there on third down, I would think you know he hasn't been looked very good either. But I feel like they'll want to keep him involved to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, Giovanni Bernard was drafted with a relatively high pick, I believe, just the year beforehand, and he's shown some skills, and he's got a lot more of those pass catching skills. I just think that even though even if you may call it a committee. I think Hill's going to get the most of his reps. He busted off some big runs last year. That's uh, most definitely worth looking at. And at the same time, Hill will probably get all the goal line carries as well. So not too many passes coming Hill's way. But I think even with the word committee being thrown around there, Hill's definitely a a tier two running back, I would Mm -hmm. say, 
in my opinion. Yeah, solid second round pick, but I've seen I've seen him go. I know some people are really high on him, mm-hmm. and I definitely like the talent. I mean, he was great last year, but uh, I'm worried about spending you know that high a pick. And with Gordon. Uh, Mel Kiper Jr., I mean, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, too, that he had him as his top fantasy rookie for this season. But I could easily see it going the other way and him not even being, you know, a t- well, I think he'll be a top five guy, but maybe like near the bottom of the top five rather than the top. Yeah, look at his Wisconsin Badger uh, former running mate, Monte Ball, there. Yeah, He's uh, exactly. sitting at fourth string on the depth chart in Denver there. So not, uh, not too great for the Badgers. Thankfully, they still got J.J. Watt and Russell Wilson carrying him. We were talking about committees. It sounds like the Cowboys are leaning towards using a true committee at running back this season. That, according to ESPN Dallas, Darren McFadden appears to be gaining ground on Joseph Randall somehow. I I don't know how that's even possible. Is Joseph Randall just like playing Madden and like smoking in his in his bus or something? I don't know. He did because this is crazy. He did have a court date. Uh, had a mispractice. Uh, it was either yesterday or the day before. So. Little fishy there. They they said he mispracticed for personal reasons. Now looking in terms of ADP, Joseph Randall sitting at twenty eight overall. Uh, Darren McFadden sitting at forty overall. So Randall's got quite the leg up in ADP. And I did a fourteen team draft uh, a couple nights ago where I took fifth overall. Uh, ended up because it was PPR and six points for quarterbacks. My first three picks were uh, Antonio Brown. Then I got Aaron Rodgers coming back. Then Jordan Matthews. And then coming back, I, I was going to employ the punt running back strategy, but that's really tough to do with the fifth overall pick. Mm-hmm. So I ended up taking Joseph Randall because I thought he was the best running back on the board at this time. I've liked a little bit at least what I've seen out of Joseph Randall in the past. I mean, he did only attempt 51 rushes last season, but averaged 6.7 yards a carry. So granted, a, a short sample size, uh, but I mean, 343 yards, three touchdowns in, in that span, caught a few passes, but not really known for his pass catching. On the other hand, Darren McFadden, when was the last time you've seen him bust a run longer than 20 yards? And, and the last few years, last three years, his yards per carry, 3.4, 3.3, 3.3. And he's actually gotten a noteworthy sample size there with the Raiders. And of course, offensive line is going to be night and day between Oakland and Dallas. So maybe there's a reason for McFadden to be optimistic. McFadden, 28 years old, Randall, 23 years old. So Randall's probably got a lot fresher legs as well. I just, uh, I mean, Lance Dunbar might even get into the mix on third down a little bit, but the committee, of course, it's a scary word, but uh, to head that committee, I, I, I'm pretty confident in Joseph Randall still. And I've been taking him in quite a few formats, especially when I let up on running backs early on. You know, I I do think, you know, given where he's going and behind that line, that's the key thing that Randall, you know, is an appealing option. He's attractive, but the fact that he's losing ground to McFadden really does worry me. I mean, uh, I mean, I've, I've dogged McFadden before and, you know, you said, when's the last time you saw him rip off a 20 plus yard run? He had one carry last season of, of 20 plus yards on 155 totes. And, uh, you know, last in 2013 too, I think he had like, he didn't have one after September. So mm-hmm. it's just like there's no burst there. But I do wonder if uh, maybe the the difference in offensive line is going to be a huge boost to him because he does like to run north-south. And, uh, you know, maybe that maybe that Cowboys offensive line can make anybody look good. Yeah, and, I mean, McFadden, of course, it's been a while since his combine days, but he showed elite speed at the combine running just over – like a four three three, I think we have written down. I'm almost uh, skeptical of that number, but for a guy that weighs over 200 pounds, that's I mean physically that's good. 
but with McFadden, health has always been an issue. He, uh, I mean, last year with the Raiders was the only time in his career that he's played a full 16-game season, yeah. so something else to, to watch for. Uh, finally course, had the health, but the production was garbage. Yeah, the production absolutely wasn't there. And, yeah, I'm just, I don't think McFadden can – maybe McFadden will, will eat into his carries a little bit, but I don't think he'll eat into them enough to become – uh, a so-called feature back or a starter there. And even if there is a little bit of committee and McFadden chips away a little bit, I still think Randall behind that offensive line, is, his production is is going to be a lot stronger. Got some quick hitters to get to. Fred Jackson hasn't signed with Seattle just yet, so we'll uh, pump the brakes there a little bit on that. Rob Gronkowski not expected to play Thursday against the Giants. No surprise. Most starters sitting out this final preseason game. Uh, Chris Johnson, though, he's going to get the start Thursday at Denver. Are you reading anything into that, or is this just you know starters sitting him getting some work in? I mean, the fact that they had to sign Chris Johnson in the first place makes me a little bit more down on Andre Ellington. At the same time, I'm not reading into this too far past uh, Thursday's preseason slate on DraftKings. That might be a running back worth looking at if he's going to get the start. Of course, the veteran probably doesn't need a ton of preseason reps. I don't think they're going to throw him out there for a whole lot. But hey, at the same time, I don't know. I don't. I don't think too much about this. I still don't think he gets drafted outside of the very last rounds in a twelve teamer. If that, I don't think he was taken in my fourteen teamer on on Tuesday night. So I. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not ready for it yet. I need to see something first. I'm really buying in on David Johnson. I really am. I mean, he's uh, especially in PPR formats. I mean, he didn't have a lot of success on the ground the last preseason game. He actually lost two yards on four carries, but caught four passes on five targets for 40 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I, I just think Ellington, I mean, obviously the health concerns are there. I really think he's going to end up missing a couple games at least. And uh, instead of Chris Johnson, I think David Johnson could take on a pretty heavy role during those weeks. Uh, Tom Savage gets the nod Thursday at Dallas. Devontae Freeman still battling that hamstring issue. Not expected to play Thursday against Baltimore. And Jeremy Curley not expected to play either. Uh, versus Philadelphia. Football season is just a week away at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com is America's favorite one-week fantasy football site where you could win enormous cash prizes every week. Last season, eight players won a million dollars in one day just playing fantasy football. Don't just dominate your season-long leagues in 2015, but also play one-week fantasy at DraftKings.com. Head over to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOWIRE for free entry. DraftKings.com. Bigger events, bigger winnings, bigger millionaires. Enter Rotowire for free entry now at DraftKings.com. Jake mentioned at the top of the show, throwing out our our picks for this year's Toby Gerhardt. I mean, it's amazing for me to look back at Toby Gerhardt last season and see his ADP. According to my fantasy league, number 54 overall. And, you know, I think a lot of people looked at the role, the expected role anyway, and saw a guy who, you know, he had, hadn't had an opportunity in Minnesota, but was finally going to get that. And somebody they thought could really, uh, you know, break out last year, but finished the year with 326 rushing yards, two touchdowns only. I mean, injury played a part of it, part in it early on, but uh, when given a chance, he was just downright awful. And uh, I mean, I guess with in Jacksonville, you know, the poor offensive line, poor passing game. So it didn't have a lot of help, but at the same time, uh, you know, such a head scratcher to think Toby Gerhardt was a top fifty-five pick in most leagues last year, and you know, runner-up Cordero Patterson. You could say mm-hmm. who's this year's Cordero Patterson yeah. too. I mean, they're both equally disappointing. I think you can argue. Now, uh, 
slightly related note, Gerhardt is going to miss the Jacksonville's final precinct game with abdominal strain, just a note there. But, you know, if we're talking about this year's Toby Gerhardt, who who would you put as, as your pick there? Yeah, I tried to go through and look at a lot of the running backs in the top 10 to 15 range, even even top 10 to 20 range in terms of ADP, and see if I could pick out a guy. And the one player that really jumps out at me as a potential Toby Gerhardt candidate is uh, Frank Gore of the Colts. And I've dogged him a little bit on the podcast, but I haven't got to go full-on rant yet, so here we go with that. Frank Gore, ADP is 38.5, and, and that's an NFC PPR format, so his ADP is, is ridiculous the way I see it. So he was even he's even going to be a higher price this year than Toby Gerhardt was last year. And the age also, of course, a lot of people are going to dog him for that, but he turned 32 in May, and he's really the oldest running relevant running back outside of Fred Jackson, who is without a home right now. So even older than T- Toby when he kind of took that turn for the worse. Uh, we mentioned the health affecting Toby Gerhardt last season this year I'm worried about the same thing with Frank Gore the wear and tear that he's had on his body 255 or more carries in four straight seasons now they just kept uh they just kept toting him the ball for year after year after year and finally I mean he has a valuable backup or at least a viable backup uh, Dan Boom Heron uh, uh 26 years old very good quickness and agility shown by his combine numbers a few years back. Uh, not as big of a sample size as Gore, but did post through a uh, 4.5 yards per carry number when he was given a chance. And uh, Gore hasn't been that low since 2012. Of course, keep in mind the sample size there. But just as far as a comparison, he's got, I mean, I think I just think Gore's got a viable backup. I don't know if that means jump out and draft Boom Heron, but at the same time, there's someone there that can run the ball if Gore maybe finally caves to that wear and tear or just isn't performing and and then finally of course uh, I always like to look at the rotowire offensive line grades a little bit I don't place a ton of value on this but if there's ever a tiebreaker in the later rounds I kind of like to look to that to switch between running backs that I'm going to pick uh and Indianapolis checking in right in the middle kind of uh 22 overall offensive line in the league so outside of the top 20 that's also not encouraging so for those reasons I'm pretty down on Gore this year Clay I know you're down on Gore this year as well are, are you as down on me and who are some other who's your Toby Gerhardt award this year I guess well you know I'll I'm completely with you on Gore yeah he last week was my number one guy I'm not gonna end up with anywhere will not have any shares and I'm definitely happy about that you know Gore great career I mean I'm not trying to take anything away from the guy's career but uh I've seen him go, you know, on the backswing round two in a 12-teamer, like the last second to last pick of the second round, mm-hmm. ahead of guys like Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks. It's like, what are you people thinking? Like, mm-hmm. If you I, drafted I, based on career, you'd end up with Reggie Wayne, Larry Fitzgerald, oh, yeah, Peyton Manning. Like, you'd end up with that team, and you'd probably end up in last place. I think more so, I mean, people, yeah, the body of work matters, but I think it's, you know, people being thinking, you know, he's going to jump into this Colts offense and you know be a huge force in this offense but you know kind of like a mod bradshaw was but i just don't see it at all uh you know gore following that path and when we talk about bradshaw big thing with him was you know catching all those little swing passes in mm-hmm. the in the end zone well i, I really don't think that's going to be gore in in that role i just mean not you, his game you look at what he's done through the air the last couple of years 11 receptions last season on 19 targets Hasn't exceeded, he's exceeded 20 catches just once in the past four years. Uh, And then Boom Heron had 21 catches himself last season on 26 targets. So I think he ends up filling that little 
uh, flank back kind of role where in the red zone, you know, play action, luck, he rolls out and, and finds Heron. It's not mm-hmm. Frank Gore on those. And that, you know, take away those catches, those touchdowns, uh, and you just have Gore running between the tackles behind a bottom third offensive line. I just think you're you're playing with fire there. Yeah, it's a, and you're right. It's just the, the value that you're getting him at, mm-hmm. uh, sitting as a top 40 pick. Uh, you mentioned Evans and Cooks and all those guys. Got to go with the upside there instead of kind of going for a washed-up running back. And I I know it's not a uh, – it's not an uncommon opinion. I think a lot of other people are seeing the same thing that we are in Gore, but overall, just it'd have to get to really late round for me to draft him. I think I had three or four opportunities to draft him uh, last week, and I just didn't touch it. Skipped over every time. You know, I could have to eat my words if this guy comes comes out and has a big season, but I'm going to say my Toby Gerhardt award goes to Latavius Murray. Um, now, I just think there's a lot of similarities between Gerhardt and Murray. Younger, kind of unproven guy who's mm-hmm. taking over, you know, the reins as the, the lead guy for the first time this season. Did get an audition, of course, last year. Uh, but, you know, unproven and running behind one of the worst offensive lines in football. And the the Raiders, I mean, we saw uh, Murray have one good game last year. But uh, throughout the season, I mean, the Raiders had the, the worst rushing attack in in football last year and uh james seltzer ranked their offensive line this year as the 30th uh in the league so and also you know that one game for murray against kansas city on november 20th he had four carries for 112 yards and two scores before suffering that concussion uh ripped off a 90 yard run but in the other four games after his return he only exceeded Four yards per carry once in those final four games. Uh, did not score a rushing touchdown in any of those games either. Uh, you know, had had some catches through the air. In fact, in the final game, he had four catches for sixty yards. But I'm worried that you know he's just going to be running into a poor line, and, and they're going to end up getting Roy Hallou more involved eventually. And I, I think you know we look at Murray, and I think a big part of his. I mean, he's a big guy, six three, two thirty, a bruiser between the tackles for sure, but. Uh, we look at him, and we were so focused on the role that I think, um, you know, I'm not saying he's not a talented guy, but I think the talent isn't quite at the level where he deserves a top 55 pick. Yeah, I'm right there with you. The only reason uh, I'm a little bit higher on Murray than than some of these other guys like Gore and Gordon that we've talked about is it's just there's not that much behind him to really mm. to really uh, take reps away from him. Roy Hallou, you mentioned. Very viable option. I think, I mean, Halu was pretty much a third down back a lot of time in Washington, and he's a very good pass catcher out of the backfield from what I've seen. And, I mean, he caught 42 receptions last year, 31 the year before. Only played in three games in 2012, but hauled in 49 before that. So uh, Halu could be the third down back, and that could take it away. But as far as, I don't, I don't know, if, if, if you're going to stack up Boom, Heron, and Royal Lou together, I think I lean towards Heron, but I can absolutely see where you're coming from. I think Murray is being overdrafted in a whole lot of places, and I'm probably staying away from him, but I'm not quite as bearish on Murray as I would be on a guy like Gore. But Again, both viable options, and you got to watch. There's there's a time and place to draft everyone, but with these two guys, it's just simply too high. Yeah, I, I mean, again, any any like starting back who's going outside of the top forty, you got to consider. But I feel like there's there's a lot of risk with Murray, and you know, people. I was one of them, clamoring for him to get a shot last year. Finally, did get a shot. And when you look at the numbers, I mean, overall, you see the five point two yards per carry. But again. 
uh, everything's skewed by that one game. And I just, you know, I I don't think he's going to be rushing for a lot of touchdowns. Maybe this offense is better, but I, I just, you know, I think they're going to have trouble in, in short yardage situations. He's, a, again, a big bruising guy. At You know, if they're at the one, he should be able to punch it in. But if they're at the five, I worry that, uh, you know, he's going to, going to be stopped short quite a bit. Uh, but that's, you know, I think you can make a case for, for a lot of guys going in the top, uh, in the top fifty-five who probably shouldn't be there. Andre Johnson being one of them. Would you agree there? Oh yeah, I'm right with you there. I, I don't. I don't think that he's going to have quite the year that people are are expecting him to be. I mean, he's got the potential. Actually, has a a viable quarterback this year throwing the ball to him. So there's that there. But yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think that uh, he's got that much left in the tank to do what people expect him to do after seeing him or owning him in fantasy in a lot of previous seasons a couple other guys that we mentioned as potential I guess honorable mentions you could say for the uh Toby Gerhardt 2015 award uh, we mentioned Gordon we talked about why we may not be as optimistic on him Andre Ellington we talked about the Cardinals situation the fact that they need to needed to go out and sign Johnson and that David Johnson looks like a pretty viable option I'm also a little bit worried about Carlos Hyatt as well going in the top 15 in terms of ADP uh just not that impressive really for me what I saw last year and he's got Reggie Bush to take some reps away from him and I know Reggie Bush isn't the Reggie Bush of old but he can still maybe get in there on third down snipe some passes maybe just snipe some overall snaps from him so I'm not quite as high on Hyde as his ADP is yeah I'm with you I don't really think Hyde uh, is a great option it is nice to have Colin Kaepernick there to take some of the, the pressure off and you know, open things up on the other side but I'm just not I agree with you. I, I'm not on him. And Ellington, I did draft a, a couple spots already, but definitely worried about him, not only the, the health-wise, but I think eventually, you know, because he's such a small guy. I think they could pr- maybe look to get a more prototypical, you know, first and second down back in that, that role. Mm-hmm. I actually, like, if, you're, if you've been doing MFL 10s or anything like that, I actually like... Andre Ellington in in the best ball format yeah. because it, maybe he's slow to start, but there's going to be a couple games where he catches a, a decent amount of passes and maybe takes a couple screens at the house, and there'll be a couple games where he's going to be really profitable. But the inconsistency there makes it a lot tougher for me to draft him high in a season-long format. I'll just say this, going back to Murray for a second, maybe Jack Del Rio, I mean, the, the staff last year wouldn't, wouldn't do it for whatever reason, but maybe they look to get Marcel Reese more carries because I think this is a guy that has earned, uh, you know, carries. Uh, he he he's a good lead blocker for sure, but uh, he's also proven on several occasions that he can tote the rock and he can catch passes. So maybe you know if, if Murray stumbles a little bit, they also have Jamie Olawale there as another. They have a second fullback on the roster. Maybe they look to get Reese involved in, as more of a tailback role. Yeah, I mean. Jack Del Rio, you look at his history, uh, the Broncos last year as the as the, as the defensive coordinator, I guess not really a, a head coach, so not really known to be an offensive guy. You, you can't really uh, take it into account uh, the running back performances in Denver last year, which were great, but uh, had some decent backs in his Jacksonville days uh, as a head coach, uh, maybe going a ways back there, but I think he could set up a back to be successful there. I guess uh, I, I guess we'll wait and see because yeah, Marcel Reese was someone that I've actually owned in really deep formats in the past, and who knows, maybe it's his year if given the opportunity. I guess a fresh coach, a fresh fresh face, fresh perspective, make these guys earn it and with think, no starters. I think he's being overlooked to a certain extent because yeah, I mean people look at the depth chart and say you know they're 
really isn't anybody uh, behind Murray. And there really, there's not a ton, but I think uh, Reese is a guy that people just kind of forget about. He could, he could steal away some carries here and there for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, if you're out at your draft this weekend and you've been drinking, get a ride, call a cab, or find some of their safe way home. Because getting arrested for drunk driving can cost you a lot more than an arrest and a fine. You can face legal fees, court costs, the loss of your license, and more. Right now, cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving, and they'll see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Jake, it's time for our safe sleeper pick, sponsored by Drive Sober or Get Pulled Over. Uh, I'm going to toss this one up to you. Uh, who do you got as your, your safe pick today? Well, just reading over the news today, and it seemed to make sense to me, is uh, a little bit of, I wouldn't say hyper steam, but he's gaining a little bit of ground in drafts, and that's Rashard Matthews from the Miami Dolphins. Now, of course, we've got Tannehill expected to make another leap and and, and play better, uh, possibly more production here, so that helps his case here. But the real news is it's looking like Matthews could open up as the number two wide receiver in Miami, and that could get him a starting job and hopefully a lot more targets than in the past. And that's mostly to Kenny Stills, who's been brought in. He's been kind of banged up for most of camp. Rookie Devontae Parker has dealt with a foot injury, and I actually did take Parker in a relatively recent draft just based on upside alone, but I think I'm not going to be able to start him for the first four to six weeks of the season because he missed most of camp with that foot injury and is going to need some time to gradually get back into the swing of things excuse me, in that Miami Dolphins offense there. So, of course, behind Jarvis Landry, who's kind of more of a, I think, of, I, maybe this is a misconception, but I think of Landry as more of a PPR guy. I think Rashard Matthews could get some reps, and if he gets the second-best corner, there's some, some big game potential there. I'm not recommending drafting him to start him right away, but as you're winding down with the last couple picks, there's a lot worse uh, darts that you could throw, I guess you could say, if you're, if you're thinking about sleeper-wide receivers. I like that one, definitely do. I'll throw one out there just for the hell of it. Uh, guy who may not be available on a ton of waiver wires, but I haven't seen him drafted in all the leagues I've done. That's Stevie Johnson uh, of the Chargers now. Uh, four catches for 63 yards on six targets in Saturday's preseason game. Numbers last year, I mean, only 35 catches, but 12.4 yards per reception. I feel like, you know, he's number three currently on the depth chart, but I think he's going to emerge kind of as the uh, secondary op- second option in this passing attack. I really do, especially with Antonio Gates out the first four games. Yeah, and this is really the first chance he'll 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 get to have a a strong quarterback. I'm not saying yeah. Philip Rivers is an elite quarterback, but I'd say he's probably a better cap passer than Colin Kaepernick. And then you know, of course, the four for four years before that, he, Stevie Johnson has been with the Bills. So I can very much see who you're coming from here. Again, not advocating reaching for any of these guys, but if you're looking to fill out your roster with those last couple rounds. I could see Johnson being a viable option, especially while Gates is out. I like that you mentioned that. When Gates comes back, I think he cuts in front of him in the pecking order for targets, possibly. But until then, I mean, maybe the early opportunity will give Stevie Johnson a chance to show that he belongs there and, and get mm. some more targets down the stretch. Uh, yeah, he's like he, a wide receiver six stash, you know? Yeah, like basically. A, guy, a bench option, mm-hmm. but... Uh, kind of, I think, higher ups than, the, than people realize. Yeah, and that's why I like to always wait till the very end to take a kicker and a defense and just yeah. fill my lineup. instead of. Inst- I'd rather take one high upside guy that has potential to make a real difference than one of the top five defenses in, in the third or fourth to last round. So I'm always trying to fill out with these stash guys, which is why I like looking at these safe sleeper picks. Maybe this isn't the safest sleeper pick, a little bit risky, but at the same time, both these guys are worth late-round picks as opposed to upgrading two or three spots in your defense yeah i wouldn't say this guy is safe at all but 
A guy that I've seen kind of jump up our rankings recently on the site is Richard Rogers of the Pack. Of course, we're up here in Wisconsin. Uh, definitely have had our eyes on him. I, I picked him up a couple places last year, and of course that didn't really pan out. But are, are you expecting Rogers to take on a pretty prominent role in, in the the Packers' high-powered pass attack. Yeah, I mean, a lot of owners are underlooking him when they try to analyze the Packers' receiving situation. I see guys like Ty Montgomery rising up draft boards, Jeff Janis maybe rising up some draft boards, but you got to remember that who was a starter before all this was going to happen, pretty much taking that job from Ruben Corliss during camp, is Richard Rodgers. It'll be his second year with the Rodgers-to-Rodgers connection a little bit more. I think he's a perfectly viable tight end, too, and he's another player that you can get very late in, in late rounds of drafts. Uh, just if, For example, you take Julius Thomas yeah. early on and, and have to wait a month for him to come back. I think Rodgers is a more than acceptable fill-in. Yeah, I mean... The- the you know you mentioned Corliss they just weren't getting a a great you know not a not big play but really any any kind of you know pass catching uh, help from the tight end position last year I mean of course after Mike uh, Jermichael Finley got hurt uh, tight ends really kind of been a black hole for the Packers just mm-hmm. I mean not that you know occasionally you'll, you'll see one of these guys catch a touchdown, but they're really, really an afterthought. And when Jermichael was part of this offense, tight end was really kind of a focal point. Those down the, down the middle seam passes Rodgers likes to throw. I think that could open things up over the middle if he were to emerge as a legitimate option, but that'll do it for the Rotowire fantasy football podcast guys. Good luck in your drafts this weekend. And thank you for listening to the Rotowire fantasy football podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com. The leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you make your deposit for a free contest entry today. Also, check out ROTOWIRE free for 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash pod. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with you on Friday. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.